0: Welcome to another edition of Close to the Vest. My name is Arthur Ettinger, and we are talking about everything and anything divorce and relationship related. Today, I am really honored to have the credit specialist here, Micah (laughs) Curtis. How are you? I'm
1: wonderful. How are you? Thanks so
0: much for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So, you know, a lot of people focus on divorce and there's a lot of issues and emotions and uh, more often than not, they forget about the little details, and especially in the beginning. And one of those details uh, is where you come in. You know yeah. how this wrecking ball of a uh, situation— their divorce and mm-hmm. their demise of their relationship— how is it going to impact their credit? Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be fantastic for you to come in and talk because I think you have a lot to share for the audience out there who may be considering going through a divorce or is knee deep in a divorce. And I can't tell you how many times people are complaining about their credit. Uh, My spouse fucked up my credit. What do I do? And so here you are. Here I am. (laughs) Let's, why don't we start by just telling us, you know, give us your background. Sure. What you do. Um, how you got into this, and then we can get into the uh, nitty gritty.
1: Sure. So I'm originally from Colorado, uh, born and raised. And this company, they actually recruited me. So I wanted nothing to do with credit. And I was actually working in lending at the time. And uh, I got a phone call from a recruiter and uh, he's like, oh, I've got this great opportunity. Very, very long story short. um, I I felt like it was a good opportunity. And so I jumped in two feet. Um, and uh, so they gave me all the training I needed and, you know, ended ended up finding myself flying back and forth from Colorado to New York, had never been to New York before. Um, but literally the moment I touched down in New York, I was like, Oh my God, I'm home. Like these people That's get awesome. me. <laughs> I was like, or I get them. I don't know which way, but either way it worked. And uh, so flying back and forth for about two and a half years, um, I finally had the opportunity to move here. And so I did with the company. And so I've been here, living here for about four years, um, but I'm a credit specialist. And so I help people understand the myths and the misconceptions that are associated with credit. And we've never been taught credit, not in high school, not in college. Right. And so, you know, to your point, people knee deep in divorce or knee deep in situations that they never foresaw coming Usually have no idea what to do, and it's so better to be—it's so much better to be proactive than reactive. And so that's what I'm trying to help people do. But 99% of the people I deal with were being reactive, and so I teach them, you know, what to do and what not to do um, in these types of situations. So that's uh, my story and a gist.
0: Amazing. So let's—I would love for you to just kind of dive in. Yeah, let's in do in some it. of those misconceptions sure. of what people think they should be doing. And if you can just uh, if possible focus on I know you've dealt with, you know, listen, 55% oh of God. the marriages end in divorce. So yeah. um Probably and, more so after COVID. <laughs> that's yeah. That's another podcast <laughs> in and of itself. Sure. Uh, but um so just dive in and
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the first things that I always talk about with people is what to do when you have a collection. So if you acquire a collection while you're in the divorce, most people assume, well, I'm just going to go ahead and pay it off and that's going to improve the credit. It's not that simple. Unfortunately, when you pay off a collection, it has the exact opposite effect that you think it would have. So I tell people when it comes to credit, take common sense and throw it out the window. You can obviously reach out to a specialist like myself, who's been studying this for seven years, like a psycho, or, you know, you can research online. Like, what do I do in this situation? Literally Google provides a lot of info. So I'm like, if you don't believe me, just Google it, you know? So it's one of those things. So generally speaking, if you have a collection, don't pay it thinking that's going to solve the problem. It doesn't. Um, A company like mine can go in and assist you in the repairing of the credit by removing it based off of laws that are in place to protect consumers. Uh, But at the end of the day, most people assume, Oh, I'm going to just pay it. It's going to go away. It's that simple. It's not that simple. Once it's on there and it's a collection, it's on there for seven years plus. So
0: let me get this straight. So if there's in collection, (laughs) and then I want to talk about before they're in collection, you know, because credit can still be affected. Um, so if they're in collection, your advice is don't pay it.
1: Don't pay it. Don't pay it.
0: Amazing. I never would have known that.
1: I know. And you would think because using common sense, common sense says, well, it's a collection. I should pay it. I owe the money. Well, sometimes people don't owe the money. Sometimes it belongs to somebody else, or sometimes it's it's completely not to your advantage to pay it because it's going to end up dropping the score. So I don't want to make it overly complicated because it's not a credit right. seminar, um, but it is one of those principles that I teach people is if you pay a collection, it has the exact opposite effect that you think it does. So all it does is it updates a little acronym on the credit report, which is DLA. DLA stands for date of last activity. So the newer that activity is, the more impactful negative the item is, excuse me, the more impact it impactful the negative item is to the score so let's say it's a ten thousand dollar collection and it's five years old you pay it you bring it down to a zero dollar balance the DLA is today now you've dropped your score 70 80 90 points and it saves another seven years from data satisfaction so there's a method to attack it and it's generally not what a consumer thinks so my goal is to protect people and keep as much money in their pocket as possible because not only is the collections world that's a whole business in and of itself You know, it's a, it's a multi-million dollar business and people are, unfortunately, they just not educated in that spectrum of things and they get bullied into situations, you know, so we just want, we try to do everything we can to protect people in order that, you know, obviously once it gets there, there's a, there's a way to approach it in a way not to. So.
0: So what, so they come to you.
1: They come Mm to me or my team.
0: (laughs) And how do like, what, what do you do once, They're in the door. Just if you can explain that process.
1: Sure. So the first thing you have to do, every single person's different. Credit is a fingerprint. So it's literally, I have to see your fingerprint and I've got to study it with you. So we're going to do a soft pull tri-merge with every single client that comes our way because in a tri-merge is all three bureaus. So I want to see everything on the credit report, positive, negative, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. That way I can give you a very specific understanding of what needs to happen over the next six months, over the next year, over the next two years, in order to either get you back on track, keep you on track, you know, give you the exact direction needed. I speak with hundreds of people in a week, hundreds. And so every situation, I learned something new, they learn something new. I mean, right. there's just so many varieties of situations that you see. So the first thing we always do is we always look at the credit report because people can sit here and tell me their situation all day until they're blue in the face, but until I see in black and white, that tells me the story that I really need to see and hear because this piece of paper, this credit report, that tell that tells me the true story because people say X, Y, Z, but they really don't know what's actually on the report impacting them negatively or positively. Most of us are very uninformed. So that's the first thing.
0: Got it. Yeah. So I have to believe that another myth mm-hmm. is, um, wait till the end of your divorce. Right? So, um, Shouldn't they start early
1: on? I would. And I would start asking questions because being proactive is so critical in this business. Um, I actually just had that conversation with a woman the other day and she had applied for a business loan and I have a big partner who does business loans and she got turned down to her credit due to her credit. And so we spoke on the, on the phone and she was like, Oh honey, I'm just going through the worst divorce right now. I'm just going to wait till it's over to fix my credit. And I'm like, why? Like, why? Like, you should do it. But she just was adamant, like, no, I'm going to wait. And so I just knew, though, I just I could tell it was one of those conversations that there were too many emotions involved. There was going to be no speaking to who I needed to speak to. Right. I was, you know, I was speaking to her emotions. And so I was like, oh, we'll give it a couple of days. But at the end of the day, most people assume. So they think that we're going to go to court. There's going to be this divorce decree and this divorce decree is going to. Sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm such a hand talker. And I noticed I'm like, you're killing,
0: uh, killing, uh, you're killing trains here.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> So, uh, so many people think, okay, this divorce decree is essentially going to make me not responsible for this mortgage or these credit cards or for this, this, these car loans. And unfortunately divorce decrees have nothing to do with credit. So they think that's going to completely absolve them from any of this stuff that's on the report they co-signed or they got and joined in both their names. But unfortunately, a lot of times what people don't realize is that The divorce degree has nothing to do with credit and so they're not protected and so they walk away with 400 credit scores unable to even rent because they're so tarnished and they just let it go because they figured oh well it's gonna get you know figured out in court so just make sure you know whatever you have signed your name to you have a mortgage with that person that's going to stay in your name. The likelihood of refinancing out of that mortgage and getting it into one person's name is like 0.001%. It's very, very rare. Banks are not going to want to put themselves at risk. Um, you know, the income really needs to be there. Yes, but yeah. again, the likelihood of that happening is so slim right? because banks don't want to take the risk because having two people on that mortgage makes it 10 times more likely they'll get their money. Sure. So they just don't like taking people off of the mortgage once they're on there. Sure. So they're trying to mitigate, especially now. I mean, they're doing everything they can to mitigate their risk and every realm of the way possible. So it's just one of those things we try to help people understand. Like, listen, just make sure you understand anything you signed your name to, you're 100% responsible for. So don't think that you're gonna show him or you're gonna show her by not paying the bills. It's not gonna work out in either of your favor. So just, you know, emotions aside, be practical about this because credit score, as you know, is everything. It's attached to everything. Um, you know, Christina and I, we did, uh, we did a show together and you know, we talk about insurance, your insurance rates for goodness sakes are attached to your credit score. You can't even get a good job most of the time if you don't have a good credit score. So people are sometimes a little bit of a loose cannon when it comes to just letting these things go, thinking, Oh, it's going to be so easy. A late payment, a late payment, just one on a credit card is going to stay with you for a full six and a half years and impact you negatively. One missed payment. And the most damage a late payment can do from a credit card late payment is a 175 point hit. Um, It's a pretty astronomical statistic that I provide to people, but credit card late, it's just one, 175 point hit. So people just don't realize what they're doing when they just let it go. Sure. Yeah. So. (laughs) So, Well, and it's still
0: a reality. Okay. It's a big one. In scenarios where, let's say I'm representing the non-moneyed spouse and the the earner spouse is not paying the bills, has refused to pay the bills for whatever reason. And now you have to go to court and ask for the court's involvement and to, for some spousal support child support, paying the credit cards. There's going to be a lag time. Yeah. Okay. And it's, whether they like it or not, it's their credit is going to be impacted. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And I think at the end of the day, the point is, you know, making sure it doesn't get out of control. And then I see in so many instances, the people wait till the end to fix their credit. Mm -hmm. And by the time they're they're looking to fix it, that's around the time they're looking to, let's say um, they want to, they're looking to refi the marital residence, take one person's name off, there's a buyout. And now that other person is looking to, Um, buy another property. Mm -hmm. But now that's the time. So they've been litigating for a year and a half on all the other issues. Mm -hmm. And now they're like scrambling to fix their credit. When if they had reached out to you earlier, you could have (laughs) fixed that. So when the, the mortgage banker or the financial institution is trying to figure out, not only are we going to give this person a loan, but what's the rate going to be? That rate could, (laughs) That's, yeah. those are game changers.
1: Mm-hmm. Big time, big time. So yeah, I mean, like the more proactive you are about knowing what's on there and knowing what can be stopped, um, you know, the better off you're going to be. The sooner you talk to a professional in their respective industry, I mean, they hire you, they sure. should be hiring somebody else like in, in the credit industry as well. Absolutely. Yeah, the sooner you're proactive, the better off you're going to be. Absolutely.
0: And so explain like what the process for you is when someone comes to you So how you can start rolling up your sleeves and working with them, and then, you know, everyone's going to want to know cost. What is this coming out? So if you could just touch upon that.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so when somebody comes over to us, I mean, the first thing, like I said before, you know, we're going to look at the report itself and do a free consultation. So let's just say that you have a bunch of credit card debt racked up and it's outrageous. I'm not going to enroll you into the program to help you pay down your credit card debt. I'm just going to tell you where your funds are best allocated, right? Because there's a method to it, essentially where you'll get more points um, from paying things off in a, in a certain strategic way. So we'll go over that in depth. Um, Um, But if somebody actually needs our services, which is in the actual removal of negative items. So that's the key thing is with credit restoration. um, People don't realize the magnitude of things that can actually be removed from a credit report. So simply our company is responsible for upholding many laws. um, But the main one that we focus on is the FCRA, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And we uphold that to the very, very umpteenth degree. So it's like going to court with an attorney versus going on your own. We know the laws. So it's our job to fight for the client at the bureau level. So to give it a very simple um, explanation. So like if we're going after a medical collection, 50% of all collections are medical. It just plagues people like you wouldn't believe. They're just atrocious. People are under this misconception. They don't hurt credit scores. No, they still hurt credit scores and It's nasty. But if we're going after it, what we do is we only deal with the bureaus. Like people think that I deal with creditors and I'm calling creditors. I'm not doing that. So we deal with TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. And we go to that. So
0: you're not calling like the provider or that's so even I think
1: that it's. Yeah, not at all. No, we're only dealing with the bureaus. So at the bureau level, and the bureaus are the ones, so when we go to them, we're like, okay, we need the name of the doctor, the anesthesiologist, what time did the patient enter the hospital, what time did they leave, what did insurance cover, what did they not cover, why? So the bureaus take that list of investigations and they send it off to, let's say, ABC Medical Collection sure. Company, whoever they are, right? They by law have to have all that information on file and provide it back to the bureaus within a certain time frame. So- Pre-COVID, 30 days was the time frame. Now, during COVID, legislation did change a little bit. There's a little more gray area there. Um, But at the end of the day, when they can't provide the investigations and the answers to the questions that by law they have to have on file, by law, the negative items have to be removed by the bureaus themselves. It's a pretty fascinating process. And if you could see the magnitude of things that we remove on a daily basis, we're talking like million dollar tax liens, judgments, foreclosures, repossessions, lates, charge-offs, like stuff that really, really, really hurts people. And so when we go- That's
0: crazy. That's like when you get like a traffic ticket and they get the wrong license plate. That's crazy.
1: we removed- You wouldn't believe this stuff, child support stuff, because that stuff, let's say you have child support on your credit report. There's no lender that's going to give you a loan with that, right? So let's say it's satisfied. They're still going to question you. So when we can go in and get that removed from the credit report because it's no longer in compliance with the FCRA, boom, now you're making your life 10,000 times easier, better scores, better loans, better awesome. everything. Yeah. So in pricing, we're very, very inexpensive. Um, so anyone listening or coming from this podcast, right. of course, will get a discount, same as I give to my lenders. So it's Amazing. normally $129 to start. Um, they would get a $100 discount off of that. It's a whopping $29 to start our program. That's, That's it. crazy. It's, it's, it's so inexpensive, but we're a volume company. We wanted to make it affordable, not to mention we set up our pricing with the attorney general of every state that we work in. And then it's $99 a month, no contract, that's it. It's so inexpensive. So it's kind of like he can't afford not to do it right. because credit score, like if I could show people, cause people will say to me like 99 a month, like some people think it's a lot. Some people think it's like too, too, too inexpensive, right. you know? So depending on which category you're in, if you're the one that thinks that that's a lot, I'm like, well, if you don't understand how much you're overpaying for, like, for instance, even your car insurance every month, because you have a bad score versus a good score. Like basically they will charge you hundred dollars more a month for your car insurance because they think that you are more likely to hit some little old lady walking across the street. If you have bad credit versus good credit, but it's crazy because all the studying that I've done and I study like you wouldn't believe, but these algorithms are pretty gosh darn accurate. So it actually is proven you're driving Uh, The way that you drive will have some sort of, um, of what is the word I'm looking for? They're going to be similar. They're going to be similar. So your credit score, if you have bad credit score, you're going to be a bad driver. And it's it's proven that it actually is true. <laughs> that people That's have Bad nuts. credit scores are bad drivers. They're breaking the law. They're getting tickets. They're hitting people. Like, it's true. It's interesting how the two have a correlation. That was a word wow. I was looking for. But it's true. And so they're finding people that are more responsible with their credit tend to be just more responsible in life in general. So you get a discount for that. So is that true all the time? No. But the better the credit, usually, you know, the better you are everywhere else. Sure. That's usually what they see.
0: So I guess I'm sure people out there are want to know, like, is it a guarantee? Like if you reach out, are you going to be able to, uh, are you definitely going to be able to knock it down? Or is there a chance that let's say they engage you and sorry, shit out of luck, you can't do it.
1: So I would never tell someone like you're, you're SOL. Like I would never, you know what I mean? But I would, I'm always, always, always someone who is results driven. So there's something that can be done for everyone. So it's not a matter of if it can be done, it's more so when it's our job to set people up with real, realistic expectations. And that's the key. So sometimes I have clients that come to me and I'm like, listen, you're a better fit for bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is not the end of the world, not even by a long shot, you can recover quickly from that. But there's certain situations where I'm gonna look at someone, I'm like, I'm not the best fit for you. It's rare, but I'm always going to point them towards a solution, whatever that may be, so they can move forward and not stay stuck where they are. Um, I had a gentleman actually just yesterday. He's in a tough spot. He has a lot of solutions available to him. He has over $250,000 in collections and it's student loans well, here's the beautiful thing is student loans offer a beautiful and wonderful solution. It's called student loan rehab, right? After nine months, they take you out of collections, put you back into positive standing and you move on, but you can't get past a federally backed loan. I'm not going to be able to remove federally backed loans from your credit report. Um, You know, so it's just one of those things. We have a solution for pretty much everything. So it's not a matter of if But when I have a very high profile client, we had, uh, we got their loan closed and it was just a matter of me being able to move around so much positive credit that we were able to get the loan done. Um, They had a late on a car and it destroyed, obliterated the credit. But I was able to supplement with enough positive credit from other sources that we were able to not only put them back into premium tiers, but they closed alone. So, I mean, there's always a solution As l- if we have enough time to look at it and come up with a solution, you know, but as far as the repair side, so I don't sit there and I can't offer you a right. guarantee on the repair. I have sure. no idea. I can't forecast what the creditors are going to do or what the bureaus are going to do. I can give you averages all day long, but even that can get me in trouble. I mean, so the key thing that I've learned is most important is that, When you're working with a true credit specialist and you're working with a restoration company, you have to work with a company that does what they say they're going to do, that is relentless, and that will send out the investigations like clockwork and that knows what they're doing on the back end. We can't promise you what's gonna happen in two months or four months or six months, we can promise you it's gonna happen sometime. It's Love not it. a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So the key thing is, is not coming to me, like you said earlier, scrambling, right, last minute. And I get a lot of those yeah. clients where it's like a last minute kind of a thing, but they've known about it for years. And sure. that's the thing is most people have a good idea, you know, of kind of where they're at. There's very few people that where it's like, it's just a big surprise that their credit's terrible. Sure. It's not usually a surprise. It's they're like- It's oh, like, oh, I can't
0: believe, you know, I can't believe we're getting divorced. What do you mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked in two years. (laughs) This is a surprise to you. Exactly. So, and that's the key. I mean, you know, setting people up with proper expectations and I built my reputation on being honest and forthcoming and I will continue to be that way and I will Uh help anyone and everyone I possibly can. And I'm very, very passionate about doing so. Um, I love, to teach on the myths and misconceptions. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things telling people what not to do and what to do when life has happened. I mean, that's so cool. And so many people are like, they, they feel hopeless. Sure. This whole credit situation, credit is really, really terrifying. If you don't know what to do or who to talk to or what not to do, it's terrifying. Yeah. Because you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Or this is going to, I'm just going to have to wait 10 years. You know, that's what a lot of people think. So, yeah.
0: And a, a lot of people, especially, when they're dealing with now with divorce, mm-hmm. you know, and now COVID, yeah, you know, they, it's I'm just daunting. gonna shut down. And yeah, that's actually another question. Mm-hmm. So now, th- I know in the beginning, yeah, I know a lot of, I know, like American Express was like waiving interest fees. Are the credit companies still offering some sort of relief, like relief? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. So as long as you are getting on the phone with the company that you're seeking relief from, you're good. The problem that I've seen this year is that a lot of people thought it was automatic. right? And so then they ended up with late payment after late payment, after late payment and just crushed their scores. So yes, but there definitely are a lot of companies offering relief. So the key thing is, is, you know, every lender is going to be different, whether it's right. mortgage, whether, you know, there's obviously there's forbearance. I mean, right now it's, the student loans are not even accepting payments until January unless that changes again which very likely could change again but they won't even accept payments Um, so there's so many companies offering relief and there's a talk of a second stimulus coming out you know so um, but you have to get on the phone with whom you know whoever it is that you're trying to seek relief from and just say hey listen can we defer my payments and a lot of credit card companies were allowing you to defer 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 four months six months eight right. months, you know, and then then your payments would be due after after that time with no penalty to your credit, with no penalty to your account. So as long as you called and we're proactive.
0: That's your point. It's just be proactive and you have like to be. In every in yeah. every shape or form. And I've yeah. been there, I've ostriched, you yes, know, I get it. Me I'm too. Really good at helping other people when it comes to myself. Yeah. You know, sometimes have a mess. And the more you put off, it's just going to be Real disaster.
1: Yes, exactly. Avoidance is the best short-term strategy for absolute disaster. <laughs>
0: it's so true. Yeah. So I guess this is probably the same kind of topic. Sure. What's, what's your what's your best horror story?
1: Oh gosh, horror story. Yeah,
0: like where s- just I guess you said where people had two hundred thousand dollars in credit, but or maybe either a big horror story where or. Like the big success story, you know.
1: So I, I like success stories better. That's fair. <laughs> Horror stories. I honestly think I blocked them out. <laughs> no, well, you know what?
0: My feeling is when someone comes to me, let's say, yeah. and they have supervised visits,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm like, this is a case I want to, because it's it's not going to get any worse. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. You know, I can't fuck this up. You know, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm. I know, they may not improve themselves, but most of the work on if they're that low, the work is going to be done on them and my work will be very easy. Sure. You know, and so, um, so that's w- what I mean by that. But uh, so talk to me like, you know, the a very cool story where like the person thought there was no way you were removing this off their credit. Oh, I got
1: a great one. Go yeah. for it. I got a great one. So this is old, actually. Um, This happened in like closer to the beginning of my career. Uh, But we had a gentleman and he ended up, so he was in my program for a little over 13 months. And we were able to remove over $1.2 million worth of negative items from his report. And he was, to say the least, beyond, beyond, Beyond shocked, and actually, I've got a couple of good ones. So he was beyond elated, and
0: you don't get a piece of the savings. No, so you're just <laughs> getting your twenty nine dollars a month.
1: Yeah, and- for him
0: to save. One
1: point, whatever. Twenty nine ninety nine a month. It's ninety nine a month. Yeah. So no, we don't take a piece of the savings. No, I know there's. You know, we don't. We don't structure our pay. That's amazing value that. add, right there. You think? Wow. <laughs> you think, and not to mention the amount of money he's going to save now because his credit scores are in premium tiers again. So I mean, nothing that was on his report was in compliance with the FCRA. I mean, I have so many amazing stories. Um, you know, people that I personally worked with. Um. I had um, another very high, high name, high profile client, and they went to go refi um, a second home in Connecticut and they pulled a credit. And so they had been a victim of identity fraud. So identity fraud is different than theft. Identity fraud happens at the bureau level and at the creditor level. So the rule is, and this kind of made me sick when I learned it. So if you have two names, say you have a Jose and you have a Joseph, right? J-O-S-E and J-O-S-E, if that matches up, as well as seven of the nine social security numbers, they merged the credit reports at the bureau level, wow. which is sickening, sickening. That's so, wild. Yes. And so he had a similar name as this other gentleman. This person had a $7,000 AT&T collection. He's like- I've never had at and in my life. I'm trying to refi. What the heck is happening? I'm not paying $7,000 to at and wow. And so we went in and we were able to fill out all the necessary forms, but we had it done in 30 days. Cost them 129 bucks and they were on their merry way. So it was just one of those things though where he had gone to attorneys, he had gone to this person and like, no one, everybody was just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, another woman, oh my gosh, I have um, so many stories. Um, and that
0: I'm sure is so prevalent right now with identity theft.
1: It's so common. So wow. theft is when someone maliciously comes after right. you and steals your identity. That's extremely common, right. especially now that everything's migrating towards online. Sure. Extremely common. Extremely. Um, I mean, there's, there's so m- there's too many stories to count. I mean, I, there's not one story that's like, that really stands out to me like, wow. Um, the 1.2 million huge, but I mean, it's just. We have cool success stories every single day where it's like people try so hard to help these people that aren't in the credit world and they can't. Gentleman friend of mine, um, of course, we never name names, but he, uh, God bless him, he had cancer. And so this brings me back to medical. So I think his, his bills were in like the one point something million dollar range insurance covered like 700,000. He, he paid like 275,000 out of pocket. So two tiny little medical bills slipped through the cracks. And one was like for 150 bucks. Another one was like $300 and thank God he's well, he's healthy. Uh, But he hired attorneys To try to get these, he paid $10,000 to these guys to try to fix his credit. Nobody could do a thing. He comes to me $229 later and it's fixed. Amazing. (laughs) It's like like, That's crazy. It's insane. But the thing is, is a lot of people just have no idea how to attack this stuff. And so that's, you know, goes to my point, you know, it's just one of those things where you have to have a specialist, you know, that knows what they're doing on the credit side of things. So, I mean, there's so many stories I could tell you. That's
0: really, that's amazing. Good for you. I think the lesson here audience. Yeah. They've got to reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Tell them how they can reach out to you.
1: Absolutely. So cell phone number 949-922-4830. You can find me on my Instagram, Fit Credit Doctor. Um, I love the fitness. I love the credit. (laughs) Um, And then um, email. Should I get my email as well?
0: Whatever, best sure. way to reach you.
1: Sure. So, Micah at homeloansassist.com. dot So, M awesome. I C A H is how you spell my first name.
0: So, you touched upon uh, actually, you said fitness. Yes. Um, and I would love if maybe you can just touch. up. I want to pivot a little. Sure, let pivot. I like it. Talk about, um, fitness and how it kind of helps you, uh, professionally. Yeah. Um, and if you can just maybe share some you know, we deal a lot with self-care during divorce, Yeah, you know, and it's really important not only to find the right lawyer and to uh, manage your expectations uh, legally. And we talked to, you know, about managing the, your expectation on the credit. Um, I think self-care, you know, literally your own self physically and fitness to kind of clear your head. So maybe you can kind of share, you know, your balance with work and, and, and and fitness.
1: Absolutely. This is like one of my other passions. So this is easy. (laughs) Um, so I actually competed. Um, I was an amateur bodybuilder for a few years. Um, so no to say way. that I took it to an extreme is an understatement. Wow. Um, so I got up on stage. I was, I uh, did bikini competitions. So NPC national physique committee. So amateur bodybuilding, um, I was a bikini competitor. So I've been in sports my entire life. I've always loved fitness and I just wanted to take it to that next level. Um, and so finding my balance has been really great quite the experience because I'm such an extremist. And so it's really the last couple of years. So after I stopped competing, you know, finding that balance was really, really important for me because I didn't want to be in those extremes because I wasn't happy. You know, I had 6% body fat. I mean, I was diced to say the least. Um, Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, it's not anybody, you know, it's less than 1% of the the world. You know, it's, it's a nutty, nutty, nutty thing that I did, but I'm glad I did it. Um, I took away so much from it, but fitness is, I I always say two bodybuilders are the healthiest unhealthy people you'll ever meet (laughs) because we're so unrealistic now of what, a body is supposed to look like. And, you know, so it's more, it screws with your head more than anything. And so now, you know, kind of finding my balance with fitness has been a really wonderful journey. Um, and so fitness for me has really become about the mental. And so I love lifting weights. Um, you know, I actually often do talk more about fitness on, you know, like my Instagram handle, um, I probably get more people asking me to train them now, probably than anything. Um, But it's just, it really is so powerful for the mind. Um, It's actually proven that if you lift weights, um, so that it's number one. So anti-aging, lifting weights is anti-aging. Like everyone needs to know, like lift your weights because it's better than any serum you'll ever buy. It's better than any diet pill you'll ever buy. Um, You know, lifting weights is key. Um, And, you know. There's there's types of cardio to do, there's types of cardio not to do. Walking sure. is one of the best. Walking is so good for you. Just throw in, you know, like half an hour here, half an hour there. Um long term for the body, it's less stressful on you. I mean, I'm like into biohacking. I'm into so much like wow. it would just like blow your like blow your mind. Um but fitness for me, it's just it's a lifestyle. And you probably hear people say that all the time. But for me, it just, my, I like my morning workouts, um, whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or an hour and a half. That's when my biggest ideas come out. Uh, the synopsis gets firing, um, you know, you've got energy and I, I'm always most energetic first thing in the awesome. morning. So, you know, it, it starts off my day right. And if you lift weights, it's actually proven that you feel more capable of attacking like big projects or big hurdles that are thrown your way. Um, It just makes you more confident and, you know, long-term you're setting yourself up for success. I mean, it helps with, you know, your bones, um, helps so that they're not going to diminish. I
0: feel like I'm listening to Christina right now (laughs) and she's channeled (laughs) through you. And
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, fitness is a huge passion of mine. Um, yesterday I even, I made a post like, why do I work out? My confidence, I walk differently. I walk differently. I'm so confident. I'm strong. Like, I know if somebody, like, tax me, like, I'd be a little worried for him. That's (laughs) awesome. I'm small, but I'm mighty. (laughs) That is really, um, that's very
0: impressive. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, my problem is every time I want to work out, I lie on the couch until the feeling goes away. Oh, yeah. So I have to, something I have to work on, but uh, I'm a work in progress.
1: Sure, absolutely. You know, it's just, I think for so many people, I think working out, it's one of those things where you have to, in the beginning, you have to find an accountability partner, which is like a trainer, you gotta get a trainer. I'm telling you, like I think everybody should have a trainer for like the first couple of weeks where like you force yourself to go and show up. Because once you, the hardest part, and I, I can tell you this, like when I was doing competitions, I would sit in the parking lot for an hour and I would stare at that gym and that door And I'm like, oh my God, I was so tired. I was so depleted. I was running on empty like every day for months in a row. I mean, it's one of the hardest things I've ever put my body through. And I would just stare at that stupid door. But by the time I got in there. Even
0: when you were deep into competition?
1: Oh, yeah. Really? I never wanted to go in. What's
0: awesome about that? and that you're vulnerable to share that is that people are like, oh, look at her, you know, she's in great shape and it just comes natural to her. And you're real, just like all of us, you know, even, you know, the people with the dad bods like me (laughs) who are like, you You know, would rather just doing (laughs) other stuff, you know, and so it's nice to hear everyone goes through that.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with it every single day. Are you kidding me? And that's the thing is, it's nice though, once you've actually gotten so into a routine that it's just sometimes automatic where you don't even think about it, you're doing something you don't want to do, but it's just automatic. Totally. And that's why I tell people like get a trainer for like the first couple of weeks, because it'll just get you into the habit of going. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, wait, how did I get to the gym? I don't remember getting in the car, Right. <laughs> you know, or it's just one of those things, you know? So I just, yeah, but I, I, I can remember, and I know a lot of my other fitness buffs, you know, like we all have the same struggle, you know, like this morning I got up and I did not want to work out. The last thing I wanted to do was work out, but I knew afterwards I would feel so much better. So true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I want to talk, you know, we're we're getting towards the end, but there's another topic. Yeah. You know, and um, daring to get into your personal life. Sure. I know that uh, you shared with me that you've been engaged twice. I have. And so I think, you know, I love that story. Yeah. You may not not love that story, but I think. I'm okay with it. And so. Yeah. If you can just like, listen, I've been divorced twice. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) kudos to you. You got, you know, you were able to, you know, figure out what works and doesn't work. Sure. You know, uh, maybe you can just share, you know, how those experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, shaped you for who you are today. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I will say this. I mean, I honestly do not know how I ended up walking out of those relationships. I don't know. Honestly, I just say by the grace of God, I really don't know because I was so young and vulnerable and stupid. And I was, you know, I was just a kid, you know what I mean? And, um, so I, I don't know how I ended up walking out of those relationships. You know, I don't know how, but I just, maybe it's the stubborn side of me. And I just maybe knew deep down, like this wasn't it. Um, and I'm thankful that I did. Sure. And my mentor always said, you know, Micah, listen, half of knowing what you do want is also knowing what you don't want. At least, you know, what you don't want. That's great right? advice. Yeah. Isn't it? And I just knew I didn't wanna live like that with those people because I just, I remember, especially, so my second fiance, I remember one time, so I lived in Southern California at this time, right? So I remember sitting there and I was sitting on the couch and I looked at him and I looked around and I was like, this isn't my life. You're not, this isn't it. This isn't it, you, this, this isn't it. And I just knew like deep down that it just wasn't the right fit. And, you know, so, you know, fast forward though. I mean, that was like 10 years ago, the second one. And, you know, so it's just.
0: Yeah. It takes a strong person to realize that. So kudos yeah, to you. Thanks. That's awesome. I
1: wish I could take credit. <laughs> take, <laughs> take credit.
0: Credit specialist is going to take credit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the big question is yeah. the matrimonial lawyer. Did you give back yeah. the ring? Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: I didn't want anything to do with it. I wanted nothing. To do with it. Um, You'd be and- surprised
0: uh, how many times I've dealt with that issue where I they bet. refuse to, even like the family heirloom, they refuse
1: to give it back. Come on. It happens. Okay. Can I just say, ladies, if you're not going to marry the guy, give the ring back. Yeah. That's what, it, it's a promise to the, that you're going to marry them. It's an the engagement ring. Yeah. You're not, you're not staying together unless he says, keep it, give it back. You know, I just, I don't, I wanted, I, what am I going to do with it? Right, Sell it. It's dirty money. (laughs) I don't want it. You know, like I just figured I just wanted a clean break. You know, that's always been my thought. Like, I just want a clean break. I just want you move on. I'll move on. I'm sure they probably gave it to the next girl, you know?
0: (laughs) That's another podcast right there.
1: Right. (laughs) So
0: I just want to say thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks
1: for having me. Very
0: informative. Good. I think everybody (laughs) needs to reach out and talk to Micah no matter what their credit is, at least just learn. It doesn't cost anything to speak to Micah.
1: Consultations are free. You might as well. And you'll have a, probably share a few laughs while we're at it. Pretty gosh darn nice.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs>